Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Well, good morning, everybody. It sure is great seeing you. I suspect we have quite a few of our friends worshiping with us online today. I know the weather is not that great. Uh, And so if you are worshiping with us online, either live or through the archive, I want you to know that you are welcome here and that we would love to see you here. So we are kicking off a new message series today that will cover us through the remainder of the series, the season of Easter. We are in the Easter season, which will go until the last Sunday of May, which is Pentecost Sunday. And we have a very special and exciting, very different worship gathering set for Pentecost Sunday, which is also Memorial Day weekend and uh, the Sunday after graduation. So we want to give y'all reason to come, right? Somebody got it. Anyway, so uh, all that being said, uh, keep your eyes peeled because uh, we're starting to put out some word, but we're going to do a Memorial Day, graduation Sunday, kick off of the summer brunch uh, on Pentecost Sunday, and instead of having one talking head, we're going to have a number of testimonies about how the Holy Spirit is working in people's lives. And so Pentecost Sunday is that day when we uh, put our focus on the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. But we have plenty of time to get ready for Pentecost, and I want us to look into, as we finish this, Easter season to look into the idea and the aspect of generosity. Generosity. Now, I know that this is everybody's favorite topic to cover in church. It is, right? Uh, I, I know that it is also every preacher's favorite topic to get to talk about, right? No, it's not. Yeah. But you know what? Generosity is one of the most incredibly important things that we have to consider. And so when we're going through this series called Dollars and Cents, we're not talking about it purely from the point of view uh, that you need to give to help uh, pay the bills of the church and things like that. All of those are important, but they are an outflow or secondary to the whole main reason and purpose of why God wants us to be generous with all of our resources. And when I talk about resources, I'm thinking specifically about our time. How do we spend our time? How do we spend our energy, right? Oftentimes we will say things to the effect of, well, I don't have time to do that, when in reality what we're saying is I don't have the energy for it. And it's good to know those things as well. So time, energy, and of course our financial resources. Our financial resources. God wants us to look at all this. And the reason I I felt so moved to do this series now is because it is hard to turn on the news or read your favorite uh, periodical or whatever it is and not hear things like inflation is on the rise, employment is going down, there are banks that are failing and the government is taking it over, there are forces at work in the world that are trying to centralize currency uh, to uh, perhaps control the way that we spend or the way that we use our finances and things like that. Uh, and I know that I am someone who tends to worry about money a lot. And so as I'm thinking about how do I need to focus my energy and my attention and my time, 
and my money when there are concerns in the culture and the world about the financial stability of our society and the world, that I may not be the only one worried about it. And so instead of focusing so much on scarcity, economic term, I want us to focus on abundance and generosity. And one thing I hope that you will keep in mind as we go through the Sundays in this series is that we are called to be generous because God is generous. And this is the exact time for us to consider such because John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he withheld his one and only son, right? No, good. What did he do? He gave his one and only son. And so as we think about the generosity of God, we are called to be generous as well. If you've not yet turned to your Hope Church Plus app or the list of info guide, in the info guide, the follow along notes and the reflection questions, I posted links uh, in the Facebook feed and the YouTube feed. So if you would like to get into the follow along notes for today's message, I encourage you uh, to do that. It is also available uh, in the Hope Plus section of our placeofhope.org website. But our preview verse for this message today, and it really will work well in all the Sundays in the series comes from Acts chapter 15 verse 11 and we'll see on the screen it says we are saved because the master Jesus amazingly and out of sheer what generosity moved to save us so automatically when we look at this verse about the series we are talking about the power of generosity right the power of generosity. Everything comes from God. Everything comes from God to us. God is the source. And God puts us in charge of or in care of, or the fancy church word is steward or stewardship, to care for the resources that we have in our lives. Going back to the Garden of Eden when God created, God created the heavens and the earth and the animals and everything in it, and God told Adam, told humanity, to take care of this, to be a good steward of the gifts and the resources that God has placed in our lives. And that is still the same instruction for us. The scripture tells us to take dominion, but not in a way that abuses or uh, hurts creation, but cares for it because it is a gift that God has given us. So God isn't in the business of withholding. Everything that we have from salvation down comes purely out of God's sheer generosity. Sheer generosity. We see everything through the lens of God being generous. So why is it that we have a hard time being generous? Have you ever given that any thought? Why is it we have a hard time being generous? On the next slide, you'll see that the root word of the word miserable is what? Miser. Misers are miserable. Have you ever known a miser who was miserable? I think about Ebenezer Scrooge, right? He was wealthy, but he was very miserly and he was miserable and his catchphrase at least through most of a christmas carol was what bah humbug we take a bah humbug approach to so much of life and so much of our experience of faith with god and with other people in the world we need to not be miserly because misers are miserable so why do you think generosity is such a challenge for the human heart 
What do you think? Interactive message time. It, we are selfish, yeah. Actually, selfishness gets back to that idea and concept of original sin, that we feel like we should be able to have it our way right away. Right? And so the initial temptation from the serpent to Eve and to Adam was you can be like God. Right? We want that for ourselves. We tend to be selfish. What other ideas might you have about why it's difficult for us at times to be generous with our time, our energy, and our money? I'm not talking about just money here, but generosity with our resources. Why else do you think we may find it difficult to be generous? Too busy, absolutely. What was that over here? Fear, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge thing from economic and theological point of view, Steve. I mean, and I think we all can relate to it. Oftentimes we approach the world with a scarcity mindset. There's not going to be enough, right? Jesus said, I came to give you life and give you life in abundance. That comes from John chapter 10, verse 10. We tend to approach generosity with fear, thinking that we will run out. God has not yet run out of resources in the world. Isn't that a beautiful thing to consider? God has not yet run out. God can't run out. I read someone wrote the other day that the way that God provides our resources for us to be not misers but generous in the world is much like a, a faucet in the kitchen, right? If, you're, if you turn on the water in the kitchen, would you expect to go to the bathroom or somewhere else and not be able to turn on any water? No, of course not. You know, you turn on water in the kitchen, you can turn on water elsewhere. But what happens if the water flow to your house is completely cut off from the, from the driveway, the curb, or, you know, something going on in the city? Does that mean that water isn't available at all? No, it just means that at one point, God has turned this off. Well, the authorities have turned this off, but there is water still available. We've got to find where it is. We tend to approach our need to be generous from a position of scarcity when Jesus wants us to consider it from a position of abundance. Out of sheer generosity, God gave us Jesus that we might be saved. And in our life of salvation, or sanctification is a better way because sanctification points to that process, but in our life of living in this mindset, we are called to live generously and abundantly. Not with a position of scarcity or fear, but a position of abundance. Any other thoughts on why we have at times difficulties being generous? There's one over here, I didn't hear it. Prior engagements, yeah. So we're busy. We have other things going on. We're, we get fearful there won't be enough resources. We have difficult times being generous. Some of this also comes down to prioritizing how we spend our resources, our time and energy and our money. It used to be said that you could check your checkbook and your date book and see where your priorities are, right? Uh, we don't tend to have checkbooks and date books quite as much as we used to. Uh, but, you know, if you were open up the various apps on your phone from your calendar to your, uh, to your online banking, you can see where your priorities are. God wants generosity with all of our resources, our time and our energy and our money. He wants generosity to be our priority. So this is why generosity is important. I asked the question there, why is generosity important? Today we're going to look at four broad-level concepts and ideas about why generosity is important. But before we get there, I want us to look and consider about how the Scripture just gives us this overview as it pertains to how we are to live our lives being generous with our resources of our time and our energy and our money. Uh, it used to be that I, that I thought there was kind of this urban legend, so to speak, that Jesus taught more about money than any other concept. That isn't totally inaccurate, but it is incomplete. 
Because what Jesus is talking about when it comes to generosity and it comes to money, and money is a big part of it, about a, a quarter of his parables deal specifically with money. It's not money for money's sake. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. So keep that in your mind. Again, we're talking broad concepts here. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven primarily. He spoke more about his father's kingdom and his mission to seek and to save the lost than he did anything else. And one of the main reasons that money comes so big, comes to be such a big part of it, is because it is one thing that we have a hard time being willing to turn loose of. Out of fear, out of control, out of greed. All of these are reasons why we might at times have a hard time turning loose of our resources. Let's look at some statistics really quickly. Of course, from first, from Psalm 37, verse 21, the godly are generous givers. So God wants us to be generous givers with our time and our energy and our money. And so let's look at some of these statistics on the biblical emphasis on giving. You'll see the word believe is used 272 times in the scripture. The word pray is used 371 times. The word love, 714 times. But look at the word give. Scriptural references, 2,162 times. Jesus is speaking specifically to our heart or the heart of the human as it comes to experiencing the kingdom of heaven. We tend to think in terms of what we can get out of something or get from something or someone. We tend to be looking to achieve or acquire something. And the whole idea behind God wanting us to be generous with our time and our energy and our resources comes down to how we can live in the outflow of that. Right? How we can live in the outflow. Of that. And so our topic this morning is developing a habit of generosity. Developing a habit of generosity. A year or so ago, I, I did a lesson for HSM students, and I ran upon this little statistic that floored me. How long does it take for a person to develop a habit? 21 days, what was it? What was that? 30 days? So I feel kind of like the price is right. 30 days in a minute, right? <laughs> that was true. You know, that was true once upon a time. That it took about 30 days to create and to start and to instill a habit. And I know that I set a goal first of the year. I was going to have 30 straight days of, of doing some type of exercise. And once I got to that 30-something days, I'm to like 120 now because I got that habit ingrained within me and I didn't want to stop doing it. It becomes part of that rhythm. But what if I told you that in the last, say, three years, actually I think it's happened a lot sooner or longer ago, that the whole idea and concept of developing a habit changed. In 2021, it was discovered that it now takes upwards of 60 days to develop a habit. Not 30, but about 60. So whereas in the past, when many of us probably were growing up, you could develop a habit within 30 days, within about a month. And now it takes about two months, 
Now it takes about two months to develop a habit. Why do you think that is? We're more distracted. There are more demands for our time. There are more demands for our energy. There are more demands on our fear. There are more demands for our money. And it's becoming harder and harder for us to develop habits because we are living in such a crazy, chaotic, frenetic world. And so when we think about living lives of faith and hope and love and looking for ways that we can help to capture and to develop a habit of living generously, we need some of these biblical concepts and we need to put them into action right away. And so our four points today about why generosity is important, we've already talked about how generosity makes us more like God and looking over the, um, looking over the biblical mandate for that, the godly or generous givers, and we look at the emphasis there. And so the second point of it is, is that generosity is a cure for selfishness. Generosity is a cure for selfishness. And I think it was you that mentioned uh, that selfishness is a reason that we can sometimes be afraid to be generous. Proverbs 1, verse 18 and 19 says, But these people set an ambush for themselves, talking about greed. They are trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. It robs them of life. So Solomon, when he's talking about generosity here and greed, he's talking about how greed robs us of life. Greed is like an ambush that we set up for ourselves when we are greedy. Jesus is the one who said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And so this points to the idea that we have to struggle with materialism versus generosity, right? Materialism points to trouble. Jesus would also talk in his concepts about giving. We've got to be careful we put such things at the top of our priority list that where moths and rust can wreak havoc and destroy we see the types of potholes and ambushes that we set up for ourselves when we are living life from a materialistic point of view. And so the cure of this, trying to seek to get more, is actually to be more generous, to give more. The more generous we are, the less selfish we are. And so this gives us an idea that generosity helps to reverse a perverse worldview. Generosity helps to reverse a perverse worldview. The world wants to try to tell us that we are most important when we have more stuff or we have more people to do things for us. That's where the idea of value comes in, right? You go to um, McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King or someplace like that that does value meals after worship today, right? And you say, hey, I just want to get a chicken sandwich. And they say, hey, would you like to make that a value meal, right? We like to upsize that. So our idea of value is what can I get? How much can I get for as little input as I have to put into it? But what God wants us to look at, not so much as value what we can get out of something, but we, we can put into something. So we're talking about a completely different worldview that runs afoul of the way that the world tells us it wants us to live. To achieve more, to acquire more, to get more. God wants us to see value as that which we can put or give into something. And so when we are looking at generosity to be a cure for selfishness, we realize that generosity also helps us deepen our relationships. This is the third point. Generosity helps us to deepen our relationships. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus said, your heart will be where your treasure is. 
your heart will be where your treasure is. I struggled with this verse some when I was younger because I wanted it to read opposite. Your treasure will be where your heart But it's almost like Jesus knew something about human nature. As the creator and as a human himself, he says your heart will be where your treasure is. Again, what are your priorities? What are you putting first in your life? Is it sports? Is it politics? Is it the stock market? What is it? Whatever it is that you treasure, that's where your heart tends to go. Wherever it is that you are feeling yourself pulled, that is where your heart tends to go. And so if that is the case, then our point for this goes to giving always draws you toward whomever you're giving to because your heart follows your treasure. Giving draws you closer to whoever or whomever, I think would be the appropriate word there now that I see it on the screen, but to whomever you're giving to. Your heart follows your treasure. This does speak back to that idea about show me your, your checkbook and your date book and I'll tell you where your priorities are. God wants us to make sure that he is our priority and that living and working and serving and loving in his kingdom is our animating force. And so what we put our attention to is what we are drawn to. Are we drawn to godly things or are we drawn to worldly do we look at our life of generosity, our life in the kingdom, our life in the world from the point of view of we need to get more or we need to give more? But our relationships get deepened. Think about the last time that you had a nurge. Remember that word? A very wise pastor once combined the words accidentally of nudge and urge and created and coined the term called nurge. When was the last time you felt a nudge or a nudge or an urge to do something for somebody, to offer a gift, maybe to take a meal, to send a prayer, to make a phone call? When was the last time you felt a nudge to do something for somebody? And you knew that it was a divine appointment because God was calling you to connect with that person. You connect with that person by the power of what God is doing in the three of you. But we see this opportunity for us to do something nice for somebody, to put ourselves out there for Jesus, and to allow those nudges and those urges, or the nudges, to direct us and to help us to see what is most important. This past week was Community Helper Week here at the Hope Church Preschool, and it was so exciting. On Monday and Tuesday, Christian and Brent and I had an opportunity to stand in here, and we taught the kids about the community help work that we do in teaching people about Jesus. And then we had the parades on Thursday and Friday. I had an opportunity just to say a nugget and offer a prayer about how what we are trying to do is to teach these children at such a young age to put themselves out there for Jesus. In Romans chapter 12, we see the Apostle Paul encouraging us, if not instructing us, to be generous with our time and our energy and our money in those seemingly everyday, mundane, ordinary ways. The place where we work, where we learn, where we study, where we eat, where we play. We are to be generous with our lives, and that is how we use our life as an offering for who God is because of what he's given us in Jesus Christ. It is about deepening those relationships and realize we put ourselves out there for Jesus, that Jesus is helping to make himself and the Lord known. 
we deepen our relationships with each other, we put ourselves out there in faith, not out of fear. So generosity helps us to deepen our relationships. But the other thing it does is it brings this last point into the home stretch here is generosity stretches your faith. Generosity stretches your faith. Faith tells us that God created and God gives. And God asks us to give in response to what he's done for us. God exists outside of time, and so God gives us all of the time that we have in our lives to find him. But he says, don't wait. Don't waste a moment. Turn to me. Come to me. God exists outside of time. God exists as pure energy that, as the scripture tells us, that motivating energy is love. God is love. God gives love, and God asks us to love. So God gives us all of the energy that we need as love to go back out into the world, beginning in our church, in our own backyard, in our homes, to live generous lives with other people. And of course, God is the source of all wealth. God is the source of all resources. God has never run out. He never will. He never can. He asks us to give of our lives and to give of our energy and to give of our time and to give of our money in a way where we are generous because he is generous. Our verse comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13. It says, your very giving proves the reality of your faith. Your giving proves the reality of your faith. When we give, what we essentially are doing is recognizing that God is the source. God is the giver. And God asks us to respond and to help build his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven for the sake of what we call here at Hope Church, introducing people to Jesus and fueling their love for him. So when you give... What you're doing is you're saying, I believe that God is real. I believe that God is the source of everything. I believe that God can't run out of money. I believe that God is the cure of selfishness. I believe that God is the cure of fear. I believe that God is the cure of scarcity. I believe that God is the hope for all of the world. And I want to live and I want to give accordingly because of who God is, how God lives, and what he does to live in me. And so faith, therefore, is like a muscle. Like a muscle. Often this is the biggest test of our giving. It should be on the next screen. Faith is like a muscle. It is often the best test of our faith. It comes through giving. I want to offer you a challenge as we bring this first installment in this series to a close. How are you in your life of generosity? With your time and your energy, and your money? Do you tend to approach things from a scarcity point of view, selfishness point of view, a fear point of view? Or are you seeking to get into the kingdom of God that recognizes that all things come from God? God blesses us with the resources that we have and asks us to put them to use in his kingdom for the sake of helping make him known. We have awesome opportunities through our ministry at Hope Church, particularly this time of year, 
to make our commitment to be the kingdom of heaven. As we are beginning to wrap up the school year, we'll see the preschool year come to a close, the graduation of the children. We'll see transitions in our youth ministry and our age kids and our hope kids. We'll see all these transitions. But that doesn't mean that what we do at the church stops because we have a dynamic summer planned to help in our mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for him. The summer camp will come. Our students are going to be doing more activities and, and outreach this summer through its summer missions and ministries. The church will put on vacation Bible school. We'll have a summer lunch. We have so many opportunities to get generous with our time and our energy and, mon- and our money so that we can allow our generosity to make us more like God, to cure our selfishness, to deepen our relationships with God and each other, and to stretch our faith so that we can continuously put ourselves out there for Jesus. And so, hear that challenge, that if you have yet to be generous in a way that God is calling and challenging you to be with your time and your energy and your money, make a commitment today to begin to live differently, to put yourself out there in faith for Jesus. And again, to remember these points, to allow God and the generosity he he inquires, but he requires of us to make us more like him, to cure us of our bent toward selfishness, to deepen the relationships we have with God and with each other, and to allow our faith to be stretched so we may continuously put ourselves out there for Jesus. If you have not developed a habit of giving, don't wait 30 days. Or 60 days. Don't even wait 30 minutes. Make a commitment right here and right now to begin to make a gift for God. Last year, we talked about 22 for 22. The idea was if you had not yet developed a habit or pattern of generosity, is if you would commit to giving $5 a week, a Sunday, so to speak, and if you average that out, over the, the weeks of the year, it comes out to about $22 a month for 2022. Now, I'm not a mathematician by any means, but I did the numbers on it, and 23 for 23 works pretty dadgum well too, because it's the only difference of a couple cents. And so if you've not yet made a commitment to live a generous life for God, start with 23 for 23, $23 a month for the rest of 2023. And if you want to give back from January, February, March, we'll allow it. (laughs) I'm not going to stop that. But I want to challenge you. If you're not doing something, seek a way to do something. A small step to help Change the way that you see the world. Not in the way the world wants you to view it, but in the way that God wants Because God so loves this world that he didn't withhold his one and only son, Jesus, but gave him to us. And out of that sheer generosity, he gave us the example in Christ for us to live and to give our lives purely and solely for him. And so may we find a challenge here today to begin to live generously with our time and our energy and our money. Not out of scarcity, not out of selfishness, not out of fear, but out of love because of God's love for us 
and the saving power that he's given us in Jesus Christ. Amen. So as the band comes forward to close us out in song, I want to invite and encourage you, if you need a moment to spend some time about the altar today, to ask God into your heart to forgive you for the times that you've been selfish or scared or just stingy. Come to the altar and say, dear Lord, forgive me and help me to put myself out there. I know that it can be scary to do that, to make those first steps, but do it. You'll be glad that you did. You cannot outgive God because God has everything. God gives everything. God is everything. And he asks us to be generous with our lives, with our time and our energy and our money. This is the common sense that God wants us to use. We think about the world and our place in it. And so may we live generously as a result. We pray with me, please. Living and loving God, we give you thanks for this day. And I thank you for the love and the generosity that we see on display here at Hope Church, the way that people give of their time and their energy and, yes, their money to help serve you and our community throughout the creation with the gifts that you've given us. Lord, there is no doubt that there are times when we are selfish and stingy, or maybe we see the world through fear and scarcity, and we have not been generous as you ask us to be. Forgive us for that, and as we move forward in life, help us, Lord, to find a challenge, even if it means starting small, so that we can help get to where we need to be on the inside, that we're able to put ourselves out there for you and out there for your Son and our Savior, Jesus. So, Lord God, help us through our generosity to be made more like you, to be cured of our selfishness and our fear, to deepen our relationships with you and with each other in the church, and to stretch our faith as we commit to live for you. In service to the world. I ask this in the name of your Son and our Savior Jesus, the gift of life and the gift of life eternal. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area, there you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.